The Sunday Grill with Crane and Crane Insurance. To compare motor and home insurance quotes across multiple different insurers, see craneandcrane.ie. Now, my first guest this morning is no stranger to the Sunday Grill. He is the artistic director of Barnstorm Theatre Company, founded in 1991. Philip Hardy, good morning. 1991. Yes, good morning, Shona. In 1991, um, September the 9th, 1991. So, long time ago now. And you were there from the very start. Well, it was me. It was just me with the idea that can we, can we actually uh, create a company that serves its community rather than set in Dublin or maybe, and I was living in Kilkenny, so I yeah. set it up and it just took off from there. And 29 years later, we're still going. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. And obviously, like, you know, to, to be able to say that a theatre company which was founded, as you say, outside of Dublin and does such fantastic work for children and young people and the community as well is is a testament to what you've done over the years. But yeah. as we know, the last, I don't know, how many months into this are we now? You know the way you forget, like, are we five months, but, six yeah, months? I think it's five going into six it just has thrown everything up and you know we've spoken many times um, over that uh, period about the arts and how much it's been affected but I wanted to speak to you this morning about how you guys are doing and where you're at and you're being really creative as always. Well we're trying to be because you know it's, it's, it's really difficult I mean everybody's in the same boat even the schools going back this week and next week you know which are a lot of our work is for uh, primary school children, mm. like in terms of bringing them to the theatre, to the to the Temple of Dreams itself. That's not going to happen for a while, I'd say. So we have to come up with ways that we can serve the schools while keeping in mind the fears that people have. So we're looking at projects that may happen in the classroom, or you know, theatre in the classroom, or theatre in the in the the hall, um, theatre on the bus, that kind of thing. So we're looking at um, ways of continuing to create new work but taking it, taking on the challenges in all our areas of work like we're, we're on Zoom at the moment yeah. with one of our adult groups so it's really it's it's how much we can do and of course with things changing constantly you just don't know what will happen so we're just sitting back we're dreaming and we're planning but when the schools get back into full running then we'll know what the lay of the land is because teachers have to test it out and see how far they can go you know just a thought struck me there and I like I'm sure if you speak to any primary school teacher they will tell you that there is um obviously an element of drama that they use and particularly now at a time where young people need to be able to have a forum for the last few months and what it's thrown at everybody particularly kids and drama is a great way of kind of I suppose vocalizing verbalizing getting that out yeah, it, it is, and like our outreach department would work directly in schools, and we're involved in the Creative Schools uh, project with the Arts Council, and they are working on how to uh, sort of assist teachers in the chosen schools that are working in the Creative Schools project to actually tackle through arts, not yeah. the theatre, but through, through the arts mm. in general. And we ourselves, like we've always had the kind of um, drive that we don't want to give fluffy to our audiences of children. We want to do challenging work that actually reflects the world they live in and the concerns they mm. have. So this will be something that will continue in our work. But I really, to be honest, I don't I don't want to see, I really don't want to see COVID-19 plays everywhere, like, you know, dealing with the anxieties of it. I think life 
for any child has its challenges and the last five months have been huge but it's amazing in my own younger younger family my nieces and my, my grandchildren um, there's a kind of um, a sense of that f- family unit that works on things I'm not sure the anxiety is, is, is going to be as great I mean the older children are missing meeting their, for the socialisation yeah. they have in school but parents have been quite creative in how they've maintain those connections at a distance or, you know, on Zoom or wherever it may be. So I would like to see us create work that that, that, that reflects the child's yeah. world, which at the moment happens to be coping with this strange viral attack on us all. So um, I, but I don't want to see COVID-19 everywhere. Production. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just like, they'd be sick of it in the end. They've had enough for five months. Yeah. Now let's do... Let's do how, how you cope with challenges in your life and how you actually celebrate things that you can and can't do, you know? But I think that's a really nice and positive slant to put on it. And I think it's a really good point that you've raised because I think, you know, sometimes we project those things on young people and people have asked mm. me so many times, like I've got a five-year-old and they've asked me, many, how is she coping? How is she doing? You're kind of looking going, she's grand. She's absolutely, yeah. she's surrounded by her family and she's had loads of time with, with us that she didn't have before. And do you know what? I actually think she's really okay. And and yes, I think it's been projected that she should feel, you know, a certain way. Now, I'm not saying there's been no impact. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, there's, there's something that's shown in much as saying. It's not just now in COVID-19. Which yeah. brings us this is something we deal with in the last 29 years, making theatre for children and young people. We have pe- people saying to us, but that's very dark. Like, children can't deal with those heavy issues. And the thing about it is, children are extremely resilient. Mm. And it's not that we're hitting them over the head with heavy issues, but issues in life deal with death, deal with fear, deal with all of those things, and with joy and relationships and all of that. And that's what we need to reflect. A child goes to the theatre, like any of us, to see themselves reflected on stage, yeah. to see how themselves uh, rise to challenges that are offered in the story that we're telling in the theatre terms, you know. And I think it's not just COVID-19. I think sometimes we fear our, we don't give our children credence that they actually can and do deal with real issues, like real issues and, and concerns. Yeah, we don't give them the credit possibly that they deserve no. at times. I think you're yeah. right. And yeah. j- just talk to me a little bit about what is going on for you guys over the next few months. Um, you know, I know mm. a lot is up in the air, but what what are your what are you hoping to do? Well, the thing is, we had we had two major tours coming up. Um, one now, uh, which had to cancel, and the other was a, a wonderful premiere we did earlier in the year. We just got it in before COVID hit. And uh, we opened it here in Kilkenny and it was to go on tour next year. It may still happen, we're not sure. And it's Alice and the Wolf uh, dealing with online gaming and grooming. Brilliant. Um, but we kind of had to make some changes. Our youth theatre worked throughout the summer. Anna and Orla, our youth theatre coordinators, they did amazing work on Zoom and created a new way of working, creating workshops using Zoom with all their members. And that's gone a bit viral now. Others in the country are beginning to use the same, the same uh, principles. So at the moment, we have, we have a, a launch of a project this week that we've worked on with uh, local amateur actors and writers. And uh, with the Barnell Players, it's a company that grew out of our adult theatre club here. And it's called Zoom Bop, and it's actually original monologues oh. with the provocation of confinement. 
Now, we didn't want to do COVID-19 again. We just wanted to do confinement. Like, for instance, one thing always struck me was that terrible saying, when a woman fell pregnant in Victorian times, she was sent into confinement for her pregnancy. So confinement in that way, confinement in prison, that kind of way, confinement in your own head, through mental or, you know, uh, issues, anxiety. So we've, we put out the word, I mean, nine original monologues, so diverse, so well written, acted, directed by people in the southeast, from all over the southeast, not just Kilkenny. And that launches this Friday night on um, the YouTube channel, the Barnell Players YouTube cha- channel. Excellent. So that's so that was all done on Zoom. And that was like, how can we continue to create while keeping distance? And that grew out of that. So we call that Zoom Bomb. And then, of course, we've ha- we have our big production this year, which is Philadelphia Here I Come, which is our curriculum play live. It's for leaving cert students mainly and general audiences. And we're kind of we're kind of going ahead with it, but yeah. we're not sure where it'll go because it doesn't come into production until the end of November. So we've done the auditions. That was fun. Doing socially distanced advisors, <laughs> masks, sanitizers, and readings for our auditions. But we've cast the play and it goes into rehearsals next week and that's going to be fun in organising that because we've, I think I was saying earlier, we've created a kind of um, Anna and Orla took Pythagoras' theorem and created these, um, not squares, but these shapes on our floor in our in our studio to keep everybody equidistant at all times. So it's going to be fun rehearsing using those those shapes. So it's going to be fun. <laughs> do you not think that if anybody can do this and adapt and adjust actors, like these are the people oh, that were born absolutely. to do it? Yeah. Yes. And uh, speaking yeah. of actors, in case anyone ever forgets the wealth of talent um, uh, that have come through your doors, your very own John Morton was recently nominated for a rather prestigious award. How yes. proud were you of him? Absolutely. Uh, John is, John is um, he's been involved in theatre for so long and his writing has just, just gone on so, so many. He actually worked with us on the Zoombot project. Okay. We had three professional writers and your own, wrote for his own Jim Nolan, ex of Red Kettle, yeah. uh, was one of them. And Maeve Inglesby, who's a stalwart in the area of writing for children and for radio, and John was the third. And they wow. worked with our new writers in creating these monologues. But John is, uh, he's such a wealth and he's, he's so generous with his time. Mm. And it's fantastic to see him being nominated. I really delighted. Yeah, he's been nominated course, for the 2020 Popcorn Award for his um, play, yeah. Denouement. Yeah, and you, and you were saying about the talent that came through. Sure, you were one of them. <laughs> I was just going to... I gonna, remember you well. <laughs> I was just going to try and hide that. Yeah, yeah. Lanky, oh, wasn't it? Lanky in Silly Bits of Sky and I still That's have fond right. memories of it. Absolutely. Yeah. But look, it, it that, is, that is what you do best. That is what you will continue to do. And as yeah. you said, you've been doing auditions. There are still people that are continuing to come through your doors. There are still actors and new actors, I guess. Yes, absolutely. Always. Our youth theatre is churning out people every year and some of them go on to the profession in different guises and it's quite amazing to see them coming back as our alumni to work with us, you know. So it's great. You've got your proud dad hat on for all of those moments. Yeah, my fear now after 29 years is it's going to become a granddad hat. (laughs) Soon. (laughs) I love it. You know, when you have have the 16-year-old child of one of your first you theatre members yeah, yeah. coming in to 
Johnny, you take me go, oh dear. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> that hits home. Well, listen, uh, 29 years is no mean feat. We will catch up with you for 30 and whatever this year and the next few months throw at you, I know you will um, attack it with gusto. Philip Hardy from Barnstorm, thanks a million for chatting to us on the Sunday Grill. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Now, my next guest is making it in the world of blogging, influencing, if that's what you want to call it. Um, Denise Brophy, a.k.a. Holy Chic Blog. Good morning. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, Shona. Thanks for having me. Not at all. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. Good, good, good. Listen, this is, um, I suppose, something that for you started out as a passion project. You're from Wexford and it was something that you started out doing because you had a love of beauty and fashion and, you know, you wanted to share it. Yeah, absolutely. So it was back in 2015 and, you know, blogging was was really at the forefront here in Ireland. Mm. And it was it's always something that I've been interested in. Like I have worked in fashion retail since I was a teenager. I just love everything that there is to do with style and image um, and beauty. So, yeah, I took the plunge and I just said, look, I'm going to set up a, a blog. So my blog, holychic.ie, is... is um, you know, it's something that I've been working on for about five years now. And thank God it's just been going from strength to strength. You know, when you're from a small place and you start doing something like this, like, you know, when you turn the camera on yourself for the first time, were you nervous? Can you remember doing it and going, how is this going to work? Yeah, yeah, extremely nervous. And especially like you you can't help but think, oh, what is what are people going to think yeah. of me? And, you know, what are they going to say? But um, I think when it's something that you're really passionate about um, and you're speaking about it to a camera, it just comes across naturally. Now, obviously, given when I was starting out, I did, you know, I wanted everything to be perfect and I would like re-record and re-record and re-record. Mm-hmm. But as the years have gone on, I've just gotten so used to it. So I don't really mind to come on stories or to record a video and just chat as if I was chatting to my friends now. Um, you just you just get more natural with it over time, I suppose. And yeah, you just lose the, you lose the nerves that you would have when you begin and you just kind of care less about what people say. And is it second nature to you now? Because... I don't do it. So I I always find it like it must be strange, as you say, initially, but then it becomes something that you just, well, it's part of of the role that you're playing, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a huge part of it. And I think, um, I think especially nowadays, people really appreciate someone that comes on and chats naturally and normally and, you know, comes on without a full face of makeup or uh, talks openly about their struggles, you know, um, that it doesn't all look so perfect and it's not all Instagram filters. But, um, yeah, it it just does come a second nature after a while. Um, But there's so much to it, you know, there's the the stories which are a bit more natural and then you have your uh, Instagram and Facebook content that is, you know, a little bit more polished and then obviously I have the, the website so with the blog posts and the imagery and everything that goes into that, there's so many different elements of it. So I get to tap into uh, getting getting really glam and being mm. really polished for uh, a look. And then I can, you know, I can come on my stories then a little bit more relaxed and I have that balance with it. So I, I guess you touched on it there. It's about showing those, you know, different sides to yourself. But one of the, the things that first drew you, um, my attention to you was the fact that you opened up about your skin issues. And I think that's something that is so relatable. You know, somebody to come on and say, my skin is really bad. I'm, I am going through this at the moment. And, and people think, oh, it's not just me. 
yeah, it's something relatable for people. And I suppose for me, I had never suffered with my skin through my teenage years. It was only when I hit uh, 25. Um, I was, you know, really career driven. I was kind of running myself into the ground almost. And the way that my, my body was trying to tell me to slow down was that it came through my skin. And it was, I suppose, looking back now, it was the one way that my body was kind of telling me to stop and to, to re-look at how things are going. Um, yeah. So yeah, look, I, I opened up about that then on my blog, but how it came about was obviously my self-confidence was down through the floor going through something like that. So I always say when I'm talking with people online about our skin issues, it's so hard to cover up because it's on your face. Yeah. You can't cover it up like as if it were on your arms or your legs or anywhere else. You know, your face is out um, every single day and especially in the career that I have working in retail and then with the blog as well where you're face to face with the camera uh, most days there's absolutely no hiding it so I did I went re- really really quiet on my social media for about maybe six to eight months because um, and, um, it can really like I, I suffered from adult yeah. acne and it can really really get to you like it really makes you feel so down and so paranoid about like I know people don't necessarily see what you see every time you look in the mirror but it, it, it can really affect you Oh 100% yeah it absolutely does and I think un, unless you, you go through it you don't really understand how um, how effective it is especially on your mental health as yeah. well and your confidence um, I, I didn't understand or I didn't, you know, appreciate how um, how much it could affect you until I experienced it. So, yeah, you'd be absolutely down through the floor. And I remember I used to get up and, and go to work. I was um, I was commuting into Dublin from Kildare at the time um, and I'd be up at half four in the morning and by my lunch at 11 o'clock I could see new breakouts coming oh. up throughout the day and yeah. it just, yeah, there, there was no, I, I couldn't see any uh, cure to it. You know, and I know a lot of people have to try, um, you know, quite extreme methods mm. to to clear it up. Um, but yeah, I just looked at my whole. I, t- I looked at my lifestyle as a whole, um, and you know, it came back to things like uh, like work, like diet, how I was minding myself, the supplements that I was maybe taking, as well as how I was looking after my skin with products and treatments. So it's it's a holistic. Uh, approach that you have to take it's not just a quick fix with a magic cream or a facial once in a blue moon like yeah yeah well fair play to you for doing that and obviously it it helps to get your name out there as well and I know that you're working in retail um uh but the the past few months when you were when we were in lockdown I should say you had time to focus on your blog completely yeah 100% um, and I, I suppose I treated it uh, throughout the lockdown as my full-time job at that time because um, obviously we were all stuck at home with plenty of time on our hands. Yeah. So, yeah, I was able to get really organised and dedicated to it. Um, and I suppose there's a whole backside to Instagram and Facebook um, that involves statistics and metrics and analytics and yes. you know it's a huge uh it's complicated it's oh it's so complicated even um i'm kind of championing it with the the uh, retailer that i'm working with at the moment um so yeah even trying to explain it to people yesterday at a meeting they were like oh my god what yes. i didn't even realize all this was behind facebook and instagram but i uh, yeah i just kind of dedicated my time to it as a, as a full-time job throughout lockdown and um, and it worked, you know, um, the the reach that I was able to get over the lockdown and the different projects that I was able to get involved in. It was it was a really good time, really creative time as well. And I got 
you know, a handle on Instagram TV and uh, TikTok and all these new things that you have to try and keep up with. So it was time well spent, I think. And it obviously paid off because you have recently signed to an agency, which I presume is the aim for most people that are blogging. Yeah, yeah, I have. So um, just recently signed to the collective agency. So it's a, it's a boutique um, influencer management agency. So basically how they work is um, alongside the influencers and alongside businesses and brands that uh, would reach out for their help. Um, they kind of act, I suppose, as the link between both. Um, and, you know, they, they'll pair up the right influencer with the right brand and vice versa. And it just makes sense. Um, because I suppose there's nothing as bad as going on to an influencer's page and, uh, you know, what they're promoting or what they're advocating is changing from one day to the next and there's no consistency. Yes. Whereas, you know, working alongside an agent, she, uh, Tara, who is absolutely fantastic, she's able to, um, you know, link you up with the right brands and the right businesses that um, are looking for an influencer of your type. Do you know, okay. so she has... So many different names uh, signed to the agency already in the short time that she's um, gone live with us. But, um, you know, there's there's all sorts of people there. So there's like myself that uh, that still manages to, uh, to create content on a blog website. And I have, you know, a small following in comparison to some of the influencers who have bigger numbers and they just focus their attention on uh, social media. So they're focused on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Um, so, yeah, there's people of all sorts there. And then, in turn, then she works with brands of all sizes, too. So whether it's a small Irish business or it's um, a sort of a bigger international brand, um, she's, she's a link between us both. Well, look, like it sounds like you're on a really good path. What I love about your uh, Instagram page is that your mom is so active and she gives you all the likes and the love, doesn't she? <laughs> She does. She's like my number one fan. Yeah, it's so, so cute. Is, oh, it's so cute. Yeah, but you know what? Like, um, I suppose if you didn't have that support behind yeah. you, it would be it'd be a really lonely kind of game to be in. Because um, I even only just shared a quote there recently. It's something that I kind of do on my Instagram page. Yes. I share a lot of uplifting and motivational quotes, and I shared one yesterday that um, you know, along the lines of, "There's no point in having a million likes if you don't like yourself first. Yeah. And that's really it. Like you could have any number of people looking in on your social media, but if you don't like the person that you're putting out there, and if you're not happy in yourself, um, you know that you're you're really you're not winning at all. So yeah, no, it's, it's great to have that support behind. And then even like the friendships that you make through blogging, you know, it's like you, it's an opportunity to meet people that are like-minded as well. You know, it's not like your friends that you would have made in school because you were put into a class together it's you know you have this opportunity to meet people that are have similar interests and they're like-minded and you know they're kind of coming from the same place as you are so I think yeah, that's, that's fantastic. becoming more evident actually now that you say it and I think you can t- you, you start to realize like the people that you follow are like-minded and if if they're not then maybe you should unfollow do you know what I mean you kind of get into that headspace don't you yeah 100% because I think as well like um, in the last few months it's become much more evident with um, you know the, the mad things that are going on online with trolling and bullying and fake accounts being set up mm. and I know there's a, there's a lot about that in the Irish media even recently so yeah I think definitely people need to look at who they are following and if it's for the right reasons yeah. like every so often myself even I'll do a sort of a, a call of who I'm following and 
uh, kind of ask myself, why, why am I following them? Do I like their content? Yeah. Or if I see them come up on my feed, do I feel a little bit crap about myself? Or do I feel a little bit of jealousy? Or do I feel that, you know, my, is it bringing up negative feelings mm. for me? And if so, you know, mute them, unfollow them, you know, t- take a break maybe. Uh, even if it was something I was only talking about with... Um, another one of the influencers through the agency recently um you know a break from instagram every so often is great you know a social detox and you know put do not disturb on your phone for a day or two and uh, just take a break and and enjoy the real life oh it's so true i've been trying it but it's not going very well for me denise it's difficult if uh, i think the only thing we could do is lock our phones away in a safe somewhere but yeah. <laughs> Someone needs to take mine off me. I think that would be the best plan. Um, yeah. Listen, it was a pleasure to chat to you. Holychic.e is the name of the blog on Instagram and loads of lovely content there. So keep flying the flag for Wexford and we'll catch up with you at some point soon. Absolutely, Shona. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, Mrs. Thanks, you too. Thanks a million. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Shona with you. I hope you're well this morning. Now let's talk about this because the end of last week and next week signals uh, a very significant time of year. It's back to school and of course it's a little bit different this year, let's face it. So joining me on the line this morning to tell me all about an article which she has written about going back to school and the worries and how to deal with them is Amy McLaughlin from Carlo. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Oh, you're very bright for a Sunday morning. Very bright. <laughs> are you always like that? Yeah, but I try to be. Good woman yourself. Good woman. Listen, firstly, have you had your first day back? It's, you're in secondary school, right? I'm in secondary school. I'm going into sixth year this year. Okay, it's a big so I have first day back on Thursday. Okay, and how did that go? <laughs> um, it was good. We only had induction on Thursday, so basically they just bring you in and you get your timetable and your journal, and you know they set out the rules for the year and all that kind of stuff. So it was it was actually okay. I was really anxious coming up to it, and I'm not normally anxious about going back to school. I really I really enjoy school, and once I was in and I was sitting down and got to see a lot of my teachers, I was really happy to be back in and all of my a lot of my fears just kind of went away and so you've written this article which we'll get in a second but it was sent to me during the week and I was really struck by the headline because it's 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 quite simple in that it makes perfect sense to me you said I'm really worried about going back to school but here's how I'm trying to deal with it and I love the latter part because you have you've come up with your own way and like I think you know School is tough anyway, but as I said, this year is, it's just different. It's very different. So you wrote this and what happened? How did this take off? Because I know you've had a very busy week. (laughs) So basically, I've been writing for a long time. Uh, I'm a competitive debater. So speeches originally was where I, you know, started out. And that kind of just developed into a lot of other styles that I enjoyed. And I wrote this piece and I decided to send it into missy.ie, which is Ireland's number one online teen magazine. So I looked them up and I had been reading their stuff for a while and I followed them on social media. And I just decided to shoot my shot and send it into Danielle and her team. And lo and behold, the next morning I got up and they wanted to publish it. And I was so surprised. And then on Tuesday of last week the article went up and next thing I was getting messages from people left, right and centre saying that they had read it and they had loved it and I was just so overwhelmed. Because as, yeah, 
yeah, as a writer, I suppose that moment where you click send on something that's your work and you're going, what's going to happen now? Like, yeah. you, you weren't sure whether or not you were going to get a response or not, basically. Yeah, because nine times out of ten when you write something, you're looking at it and you're going, I really don't like that. That's, <laughs> that's no. But it's all on everybody else's perception of it and how they feel about it. And so when you got that message to say they're publishing it, what did that feel like? I was I was kind of, I looked at it for a second. I wondered was it real and was I still asleep because it was so early in the morning. And then I was like, this is actually this is actually going up and people are actually going to read this. Oh my god! And my name is going to be on it. It was just so surreal and I just couldn't wait like to tell everybody and then for it to come out. I was waiting for it to come out for everyone to read it. So it was just such a cool feeling. And also, you know that you're writing to your own audience because it's a teen site and, and you're yeah. reaching the people that you want to reach, I guess. Yeah, it's for my friends and it's for kids my age. And, you know, sometimes I guess what I love about Missy is sometimes there are questions that we as teenagers are too scared to yeah. ask conversations that are just, you know, you'd have anxieties about having certain conversations and to be able to pull up a web and a website like that that is so well done and that has every topic across the board that you could have a worry about and it's written by people who have been through it and honestly talking about it and just to see that it's helping people was just such an amazing feeling. I really think that's important because it's it's relatable when you feel like these are people that are going through something similar to you. So you're like, I get that. You know, I get where yeah. they're coming from. Yeah. And at the end of the day, going back to school this year, whether you're in first year or whether you're in sixth year, we're all going into something that we don't know. Mm. Like I went back into school, I've been in the same school for six years and I didn't know what was going to happen. Just like the little first years on their first day, they don't know what's going to happen either. So we are all in this together trying to figure out this new normal. And in the article itself, you, you you talk about the reality of returning and the fact that, yes, you are nervous, you are scared, you are worried. Of course you are. Yeah, and... I think the thing about it is, is a lot of people would say, oh, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. Mm. But the thing, like when you get to the point of it, is it's okay to be nervous. Yes. And it's okay to be nervous when you don't know what's going to happen. Like sixth year anyway is a nerve wracking year yes. for a lot, for myself, my friends. Like this time, like, you know, I'm, I'm growing up, I'm going to be an adult soon. Like what's going on? It's nerve wracking anyway. And on top of that, we're in the middle of a world where nobody really knows what's going on. And like I say in the articles, the adults around me don't really know what's going on. So how am I meant to know what's going on? And it's okay. And that's what I say to people. It's okay to be anxious and it's okay to be nervous. But you just have to go into it and go, even though I'm anxious, I can only fix the problems that are in front of me. And that's how I'm dealing with it. I think you're fairly wise beyond your years. Okay, so you've shared this in your article. I'm learning something here. Uh, acknowledge your fear and give it na- give it a name and then move past it and achieve your goals in spite of it. Maybe it yeah. means naming all my fears. Talk to me about that. Um, well, I was trying to figure out what that meant because a, um, a mentor of mine said it to me and I was literally sitting there going, I don't know what that means. I haven't a clue. And I sat down and I thought about it and I was thinking, well, if I was to name every single thing that I am scared about, I would just run myself ragged. I would be so nervous. I would be a mess. And then I figured out what a name is. When you give something a name, it becomes real. And it becomes something that you can fix. And at the end of the day, 
nine times out of ten, a fear is a problem. Yeah. So the way that I look about it is, I may not be able to stop COVID, but at the end of the day, I can wear a mask and I can wash my hands and I can stay socially distant and I can look after myself in order to protect my family. Even though I can't fix everything, I can fix what I can fix. Mm -hmm. And I can control what I can control. So I think what I'm trying to look at is normally I'm worrying about everybody else and how they're feeling. And what I'm trying to focus on doing is fixing what I can fix. So then I feel better. And that at the end of the day, my anxieties are my own and they go away quicker that way. And this is obviously something that you've done. So it's like tried and tested. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just a way of retraining your brain. Yeah, and and at the, you just kind of have to give it a go. And not everybody is going to be the same. Like some people aren't anxious. Like I'm not normally an anxious person, okay. and I'm not normally nervous. And God, when we got into August, I kind of realised I'm going back to school in three weeks. Yeah. I'm going into year, and we're in the middle of a global pandemic. <laughs> and some people are cool as a breeze. Yeah, and some people just aren't. And I think we are in a mindset sometimes that we all should act the same and we all react to things the same way. And I don't think that's true. And I don't think that's something that we should be thinking. And especially as young people, everybody's going to react to stuff differently and everybody's going to have different fears and different worries. And we just have to find our own way of dealing with them. And I felt when writing this piece, this is the way that I deal with it. And you never know, maybe one or two people might feel the same and it might help them. Wowzers. Uh, Missy.ie is where you will find that article. Is this the first piece of work that's been published for you? This is the first piece no of work way. been published. By, yeah, which was a bit mad. And I'm absolutely delighted to say I'm going to continue to be working with the girls at Missy and I'm going to be having more stuff coming out, which is just amazing and so surreal. Oh, that is fantastic news. I'm delighted to hear that. Honestly, when I said wise beyond my beyond your years, I wasn't joking. Wow. Um if anybody that is in that position right now that is heading back to school this week or even college and is just feeling a little bit uncertain, I would suggest you check it out. As I said, Missy.ie and that's where you'll find Amy McLaughlin from Carlo a lot more because she's gonna be writing for them. So uh fantastic news and uh fair play to you. Thank you very much. Wishing you all the best now with the return and hope everything goes really, really well. It was lovely to catch up with you this morning. Thank you very much. Thanks, Amy. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Hope you're well this morning. Now it is time to talk about something which I personally have a really keen interest in and join me on the line to tell me all about style, wellness and confidence coaching is Roisin Rath from Wexford. Good morning, Mrs. How are you? Hi, Shona. Thanks for having me on this morning. Oh, you sound very bright for a Sunday morning. Well, you know, it's Sunday. It's probably one of my favourite days of the week, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. Are you a early weekend riser? Yes, I would be. Get out to the beach. Luckily, we've got the beach down the road, a bit of meditation, and then away I go on my day. Yeah, so. (laughs) It sets you up very nicely, I'd say. Of course it does, especially with my line of work, I suppose. It's, It's important, you know, to feel good, and then the rest of the day will just follow then, I think, in that path, you know? It's funny when you think about it, isn't it, when you're, like, younger in your teens, and I suppose in your, like, 
20s you think oh I'll just stay in bed all day and now the thought of that for me is like no that's a waste of a day of course it is yeah and it's like a, such a good day to set up for your week ahead as well you know I just find yeah. Sunday's a great day just to ponder on what the week ahead and what focus you have you know for the week ahead as well Absolutely. Well, listen, the name of your Instagram page is Style Selfology and you are an NLP certified confidence and well-being life coach. Talk to me a little bit about NLP. So NLP is like basically learning the manual of the brain. Okay, so it's the umbrella in which I trained under. So it's an art of science based on proven techniques that show you how really your mind thinks. Um, and how your behavior can be positively modified and improved by, say, strategies and techniques that I would give. So it's like the study of excellence. So it helps you transform the way your mind influences your success, your happiness, and your performance. Okay. Yeah. And look, I've heard of it over the last couple of years. It seems to be something which has kind of really come to the fore. What is it that led you down that path? I think, Shona... um, it's my own journey. I, I have to be honest, I think some of the best coaches are from having times of, you know, difficulty, feeling stuck, not having any focus. And I suppose a few years ago, I was really there. I felt I wasn't good enough to even go and study to do anything else. I felt like I was a victim. Everything was everyone else's fault. And I think I needed to take that responsibility of where I wanted my own focus and future to go. So it's from my own journey. I went to study to be an NLP life coach and that's where I am then today. And I think because I've been there and I've been really low and I've had times of not wanting to get out of bed and times of just not being able to see through darkness that I went to see an amazing life coach, Anne-Marie Ferris, and she's also based in Wexford. And from that day and then, then sessions with her, I am just hand on my heart I'm a different person Wow that's incredible and now obviously yeah. you've gone on to, to work in this field and I, I I think that's a really interesting point that you made you've been there you've got the t-shirt you know what those feelings are when you don't know where to turn when you can't figure out what you should be doing or what you really want Yeah that's it and like the thing about life coaches we don't claim to be counsellors or mm. psychotherapists we're there to give people a hand up Um, we're there to support, we're there to cheerlead. And a lot of the time, we don't need to know people's story. There is work that we do to do clearance of people's negative beliefs about themselves, um, negative emotions. But really, we need to focus on from today and onwards. And that's the thing that's so powerful, I believe, in NLP life coaching. It's about focusing on the future. And what does NLP stand for again? So NLP stands for Neuro linguistic programming so neuro would be your mind and your brain linguistic is the language in which you communicate to others um, and the language you communicate to yourself and then programming is about installing new programming to help modify how you feel about yourself and old negative beliefs and emotions okay and so somebody comes to you and they're at a point where they're struggling a, a lot like what you described where you were um, in your past, how does it work? How does the, how do the sessions work, Roisin? Yeah, so a lot of the time we would talk on the phone first. I would then just send out a really simple consultation form, 
um, about, you know, where you are, where you want to go. Um, and then what we would do is either a virtual session or we could meet face-to-face, which a lot of the time people kind of want to meet you yeah. and want to see you. And when we keep our distance, obviously, with COVID-19, you know, that's we're well able to do that. So we would then, you know, have a talk. I would then tailor-make a program on what your needs would be. Um, and then we would go through the program for a few weeks. And I'm always there as a support unit for whenever you need me. And then sessions are normally maybe taken every week during that program. So really, this is about guiding somebody in the right direction. I, I took this from your website, which I think is lovely. You have the strength and power to write your own story. And sometimes we forget that. Of course. Like, it really is about people rediscovering what they already have, all the abilities they already have, the opportunities that are there, but they're just not able to see at that time and really realizing how amazing they truly are. But just sometimes along the, you know, the road of life, we kind of get little bumps and bangs along the way. And we just, we're not going to let that determine the rest of our life. And that's what's important about what I do. It's about you making the choice, giving the client back their power to go forward into the amazing future that they want and they they deserve. And so I presume there are like techniques and tools that you work with the client to kind of encourage them to move forward. Yeah, with NLP, there's lots of techniques Mm. and tools. Um, There's some such as um, anchoring. You've got EFT, which is a tapping technique where you're tapping on meridians. Um, of the body. We've also got um, swish patterns. We've got looking at your life wheel. And the biggest favorite one I use, and it's not necessarily NLP, but it's vision boarding and also manifestation. So it's about truly putting out there what you want, gaining focus, using journals. And it's really just kind of taking that time to look at what do I really want from my life? How am I going to get there? And that's how I help. Talk to me a little bit about the vision board, because this is something that I've always like looked at in Pinterest and gone, I really should do that. That looks lovely, but never actually gotten around to it. Talk to me about how it yeah. works. And do, do you obviously believe that it does work. Oh, hands on my heart, it works. This works. And I use it as probably one of the first tools when I'm meeting a client, because I need to see what their passions are, where their um, where their focus is really on the life that they want, um, what they want more of in their life. Because a vision board is more about attracting what you want, not what you don't want. So I I would do these vision boards at a lot of the retreats um, and manifestation workshops that I do alongside with at Yoga with Mora, and they're actually a massive hit because it's one of them things that it's not about your family, it's not about your partner, it's about all your needs and what you want to focus on. So it's as easy as getting little images from um, magazines, mantras, poems, putting it on your board and looking at the life that you want. You've got an empty canvas and then you just go towards what you want and how you're going to get it. And it's about focusing every day and trusting that it will come your way, but you've just got to have time and patience and really believe and making sure that your vibrational energy of keeping happy, of your self-care is there. So you are in a good place to take all these things that the universe gives you. 
So it's a really, it's an amazing tool. It really is. I just love the sound of it, but you just hit on a word there because I'm really impatient. But I guess it's a whole kind of mantra around how you're changing yourself and your outlook on life and your perspective. Yeah, like, you know, we we forget that we have needs and, you know, we all at the end of the day want to be happy and we want to be content and you know, enjoy our work and enjoy our families. But, you know, sometimes other things take over, external events take over. And that's why the vision board is is so good to kind of get us back on track of what we really want, because it's like the adverts on the aeroplane, you know, put your oxygen mask on first and then you, you get to the others. And that's because when we're happier, when we're content, when we are on the right track and on the flow of what we want in our life, everything else, will it will have a domino effect on our relationships, mm. on our children, on our work, our careers. So, yeah, it's just important to sometimes take a deep breath and look about what we want, you know. It must be really lovely as a coach to be witness to somebody making those changes and I guess coming out the other side or, you know, doing something different to what they were doing before. Yeah, like it's when some people come to me first, it's quite difficult, you know, to watch sometimes because I suppose I've been there and it's like where I probably would have been. But, you know, that's not my part to play as being, you know, I feel sympathetic for that person. I need to get them going on the life they deserve. And some people come in and they're really just, they're confused. They just don't feel enough. They don't feel um, good enough to meet a partner, to be in a job that they truly want. And it's just from seeing them come in to having all this doubt and having that they've lost that kind of spark in their eye to leaving you on that last session it's it's truly unbelievable and it's just why I do what I do. And I just, I really do have a passion because I believe in it. And as I said, I've been there. Wow. Well, you can check out your very own Instagram page, which is really lovely. Uh, lots of lovely articles, lots of tips and style selfology. So, sorry, style hyphen selfology is the name of it. If uh, people want to have a look this morning and uh, it's certainly been a really lovely chat and I wish you all the very best. I'm off to make my vision board. <laughs> Oh, thanks, Shona. Thanks so much for having me. Ah, oh, Roshina, it was lovely to chat to you this morning. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, whatever you get up to. Thank you. You too. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. It's the Sunday Grill. It is Shona with you. Now, my next guest this morning, her name is Sophie Coyne. She's from Tipperary and she has joined forces with her sister for a very special project. She joins me on the line to tell me more. Good morning, Mrs. How are you? Morning, Shauna. How are things? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. So for this one, you are keeping it in the family. You're obviously very talented, the two of you. You've decided to join forces and create together. Um, well, I don't know about the talented <laughs> bit, but um, uh, yeah, myself and my sister, Alana, we decided it was actually just before Christmas time when we wrote this song. Um, but, you know, yourself with lockdown and everything, it gave us an opportunity to work on it and work on um, the video that goes with it and set up a GoFundMe page. So we actually kind of have a fundraiser going now where we've written a song. The song is about our cousins and we're raising money for them. And is this something that you've been doing for a number of years or how were you kind of inspired to, to write the song and come together on it? Well, our cousins, Ryan and David, um, have special needs and 
their parents are working together to build a home in the village of Newcastle where they can be supported throughout their lives. And myself and Alana wanted to help in some way. So we wrote the song um, like it was Alana's idea to write it. Um, but one day I was there and a, kind of an idea for the song came to me. So I started writing in my bedroom and when Alana came home, I pulled out the guitar and I asked her to start singing. And within about 20 minutes, we had the song kind of, the, the lyrics and the melody all together. And we kind of thought that like, you know, it was it was nice or whatever. But um, after then we had the idea of, could we maybe raise some money with this mm. song and, you know, could we maybe put a GoFundMe page with it and a video with it and it kind of grew a little bit like that. So so these are your cousins and, and their family and you must be really close. So how did the family feel? Or did you tell them before you had recorded it? Did they know you were doing it? Yeah, well, they knew that we were um, trying to fundraise. But we'll say the very first time that we were playing the song for them, um, it was very emotional for them. Like, um, me and Lana were just excited just to share a song. Like, we'd never be playing um, to other people or anything like that. But um, there was a lot of tears that time, yeah. Oh, so the name of the song is My Child and it really kind of tells the story of your cousins, Ryan and David and Lauren as well, is it? And Lauren, yeah. Lauren is um, living in the village with them. She goes to school with them. And um, she'll be um, supported by this building as well. Um, so these three kids, once they leave school, and they're all now 16 and 17, and once they leave school, um, they'll return home full-time to their parents' care. Um, and given that they need full-time care, um, it's going to be very, very hard for mm-hmm. their parents to sustain, you know, without the support of school and their other services. So that's the idea of the building. Okay, and like obviously it's a really big deal for them and really important. The video itself, because I've watched it, is just lovely. The the montage of images and you, you kind of really get a sense of the story of the family. Yeah, and um, well, like the video to us is very special because like you have um, like our granny is in it um, who has since passed and different things like that and um, you see a little bit of it. Um, one of the boys, Ryan, he's after taking his first few steps in it, Aww. and little moments like that. You know, it's kind of, it is special to us as well. You know, of and course. like I'm glad that it comes across to other people as nice as well. You know, I'm just going to play a little bit of it here. Patience, love, and kindness taught me those in strides. Today your eyes speak for you as you reach to hold. And I will always try, try to understand. That's your sister Alana singing and you're on guitar. And as you say, means an awful lot to your family. Tell me a little bit about Ryan and David and Lauren. Um, well, Ryan, David and Lauren are three very special teenagers. Um, they have, um, they require a lot of care um, none of them can actually speak, um, so they have no voices, so their parents have to be their voices. Um, but at the same time, you can imagine the three of them are very well able to express themselves. Um, they love music, 
Um, so that was kind of one of our reasons why, like me and Alana love music as well. So it just seemed like a nice way that we could show our appreciation of them and support them, you know. Of course. And what did they think when they saw the video? Um, well, whenever Ryan hears the video, he's just jumping up and around and both um, Lauren and David really enjoyed it as well. You know, they just, they kind of sway along and dance away to Aww. it. Well, it's something that you're going to have forever, which makes it all the more special, of course. And the reason why you've done it is because it it is a fundraiser, as you said, and you've set up a GoFundMe page for it. Have you got a Facebook page as well? Um, well, you can find us on Facebook under my own name, Sophie Kine. Um, but our GoFundMe page is under the name My Child 2020. Excellent. Well, listen, wish you all the very best with it. Uh, Just such a lovely thing to do. And as I said, oh, so special. So Sophie, thanks a million for chatting to me this morning and uh, pass on our best wishes to uh, the guys as well. And hopefully it all works out well. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks a million. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Now I'm about to chat to... Imagine having this as your title, a two-time Academy Award nominee, Mr. Tom Moore from Kilkenny's Cartoon Saloon. It's like having royalty on the Sunday Grill. I would just stop. Yeah, it is. Exactly. I feel like that. All right. Yeah, Do Ryan. you? Yeah. I hope you're curtsying there or whatever you're supposed I to do. I absolutely am. If you were in studio, that's exactly what I would be doing. Uh, how Very are you, good. firstly? Oh, I'm grand, I'm grand. I'm enjoying the last few rays of sun when they come between the clouds of rain and wind and everything. Very good. And uh, you've you've managed to survive the last few months. Um, there's a little bit of good news for you guys because your latest movie is going to be premiering at Toronto International Film Festival, which is a little bit of, do you know what, it's a ray of light. It's called Wolf Walkers. Tell me about it. Yeah. And it's nice to get some good news, by the way. Oh yeah, well it's nice to be with good news I suppose, mm. you know. Um, yeah, this would be, I mean, the third uh, time our, one of our features has mm. premiered in Toronto um, and it's a massive festival for us and with the cut down selection they've almost, I think like a quarter or a third of what they usually would show um, and it's all virtual as well. Um, <laughs> we weren't sure we'd make it, make the cut and we were delighted to make the cut because it's a massive platform for the film and it's a great start to the festival season as strange as this festival season is going to be. Yeah. Like, you would normally travel, wouldn't you? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, within my mind, and you know what? I feel really churlish because there was a lot of moaning and griping about, oh, now it's all ahead of me this year. I'll be jet-setting again. It's not great for the environment. and Bad for your health and your sleep cycle. And now it's like, oh, yeah, another Zoom. (laughs) I know, I know. That's the highlight. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just tell us a little bit about Wolf Walkers because as you said, it's the third kind of offering. Yeah, I mean, this is the third film I've directed or co-directed and um, it's again set in Ireland, set in Kilkenny this time, around 1645. And it's based on some folklore from around here called the Mad Wolf Rottery. And it's about a little girl that comes over with her dad from England. Her dad is played by Sean Bean. Oh. And uh, she wants to be a hunter like her dad. But in 1645, especially in English Puritan society under Oliver Cromwell, girls weren't even allowed to, to yeah. go out into the woods, you know. So she sneaks out to prove that she could be as good a hunter as her dad <laughs> and to show him that she can kill a wolf just as much as he can. And she ends up making friends with a little girl who lives in the forest. And she starts to realise, I won't give it all away, but she starts to realise that this little girl that she's friends with might be one of the wolves that her dad is hunting. So it kind of ends up that she's on the 
in between the two sides, the hunters and the hunted, you know. I, I've seen the trailer. I love her. She's cool. Yeah, no, she's a cool character. She's Robin Goodfellow underneath Leah, a girl from Cambridge in England plays her. But then Maeve, her friend, is played by Eva Whitaker, and uh, she's an amazing talent. I mean, she was only eight years old when she recorded the voice, and wow. um, she was from up until there. Yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so how do you feel about this premiering in Toronto in this kind of new guise? I guess. I'm glad it's going ahead. I'm glad the yeah. festival's happening. It's, it's, I mean, you know, I went from oh, disappointed mm. to delighted because I first was disappointed when I saw that, you know, with the lockdown and COVID and everything, that the whole year was turned upside down and I didn't know what was going to happen. And the fact that there still is uh, these kind of prestige festivals yes. happening is, is massive because Cannes was cancelled. You know, a lot of big festivals didn't happen over the summer. So the fact that Toronto's going ahead is huge. And I know they're going to have some, like, in-person stuff in Toronto, but only for Canadian citizens who are already there. So I won't be travelling to Toronto this time. There'll be no red carpets or anything like that. But um, still just be delighted that the film's getting a, a great showcase, a great kick-off. Yeah. yeah, and getting the recognition that it deserves. And there's nothing to stop you from, in your Kilkenny house, like rolling out some red carpets <laughs> red carpet and getting dressed Kenny's up. Like, why not? Yeah, well, like my, my wife's the yoga mat is here in front of me and it's vaguely <laughs> red, so I might walk up and down that a bit. Then. Well, whatever you do, you've got to turn that into some kind of TikTok or video, <laughs> like, make it go viral. Like, capitalise on this, Tom. <laughs> Try uh, to squeeze in. Ex- yeah. yeah, and what else is happening for you guys in, in the next few months? Well, I mean, um, hopefully Wolfwalkers will continue mm. on into in, in other festivals and we're hoping that we'll have a theatrical release socially distanced and all I'm going to the cinema tonight for the first time since the lockdown myself and I'm excited to get oh, back good. into this so we're hoping that now Wolfwalkers will be in cinemas um, in October for around Halloween and uh, hopefully that will go ahead but other than that it'll be on Apple TV Plus in December so people will be able to see it and, and in the meantime the studios are busy busy yeah. with about 400 people working in Kilkenny and cartoons so it's mad for me like I grew up here yeah. one or two pals that were into animation and comics and stuff but I mean for there to be that number of people animation nerds in Kilkenny is great you know didn't expect it, it, it look your success we say it every time is phenomenal Tom Moore from Cartoon Saloon I challenge you to roll out your wife's yoga mat and to walk <laughs> at, uh, like makeup red carpet um, <laughs> very soon it was lovely yeah. to catch up with you and Thank I you. can't wait to see the movie thanks a million for joining us All on right. the Sunday Grill thanks a million the Sunday Grill with Crane and Crane Insurance. To compare motor and home insurance quotes across multiple different insurers, see craneandcrane.ie.